If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is that part of the podcast on biblical principles called Sharpening the Sword, where we answer your questions that you've sent in from the Bible. And I do want to thank everybody that sent questions in. It's going to take some time to get to them, but I'm looking forward to answering them according to the Bible. If you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 1. The book of 2 Peter, chapter number 1, and that's where we're going to find our first question for today. And I want to read I want to read through the verses so you can get the context of what we're talking about. I want to take the Bible and try to answer these questions. I don't want to give you my opinion, but I want to contextually give you the answer out of the word of God. So in the book of 1 Peter chapter number 1, the question is going to come from verses 5 through 8. The Bible says in verse number 5, and besides this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, here's the question for today. In these verses... It says to add to your faith a number of things. And if you do so, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful. So how do you biblically add these things to your faith so that you will be fruitful for the work of Christ? Let me read the question through one more time. The Bible, I'm sorry, not the Bible. The question says, in these verses, it says to add to your faith a number of things. And if you do so, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful. So how do you biblically add these things to your faith so that you will be fruitful for the work of Christ? Great, great question. I'm so thankful that I got it, and I'm so thankful that I can answer it for you today. And we're going to have to use the Bible to do this. Remember, I'm big. I'm very big on context in the Scripture. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go back, and we're going to have to read verses 3 through 4 in in 2 Peter chapter number 1. Let's start in verse number three. According as his divine power, now who's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So we are able to have life and godliness according to his divine power. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. There's your answer right there. How do you do these things? Divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then it begins in verse number five, where we got the question from. Your answer is the divine nature in verse number four. And what is that divine nature? That is the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside every man, woman, boy, or girl who has been born again. See, without the Spirit of God, we cannot do these things in our life. 
We don't naturally have virtue. We don't naturally have patience. We, don't, we do not naturally have godliness. We do not naturally have brotherly kindness. But once a man, woman, boy, or girl accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, they take on the divine nature of God. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of them, and it begins to teach them in the way that they should live. It begins to teach them how they should act. It begins to convict them when they do wrong. It begins to lead them when they do right. So in order not to be not to be barren or unfruitful, you have to you have to yield to that divine nature that you've been a partaker of when you got saved. You've got to yield to the spirit of God. A little bit of backup verses for these is going to be found in the book of Galatians chapter number 5. The book of Galatians chapter number 5 and I want to begin reading in verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, remember what we said about the things that were found in 1 Peter? They were not natural. Well, none of these things are natural either. Being long-suffering is not natural to most people. Having faith is not natural to most people. Why? Because these are things that happen when you get saved and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. So if you want to be fruitful in your life, you have to yield to this Spirit of God that is going to produce these fruits of love, joy, peace, long-sufferingness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And then look in verse number 24. We're still in the book of Galatians, chapter number 5, verse number 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the, effect, the flesh with the affections and lust. Okay, so there's somebody who's, who is not just saved, but they're trying to live for God. They, they have taken that old man and they've put him out of the way and they're trying to live that new man that Christ, that Christ can only bring to life through yielding to the Spirit of God. Verse number 25, if we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. So how are you going to add these things to your life? You have to be led of the Spirit of God. You have to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. This does not come naturally. Naturally, you cannot, you cannot do these things. It has to be a divine work by a divine nature, by a great, big, mighty God that loves you and cares about you, and He wants the best for you, but you have to make a choice to yield to Him. And then our last verse, as we answer this question, is going to be found in the book of John, chapter number 15. If you've got your Bible, you can flip over to the book of John, chapter number 15, and I want to begin reading in verse number 1. John 15, 1. Of course, this is Jesus talking. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about being fruitful. We're talking about being yielded to the divine nature, to the Spirit of God. So here Christ is saying, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Remember? Love, joy, peace, long-sufferingness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Well, as you begin to add these things to your life and yield to the Spirit of God, all of a sudden, more fruit starts being produced. Verse number three, Now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, this is Jesus talking, 
and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. How do you do these divine works? You yield to God and realize that what he is doing in your life is working through you to produce fruit in you. And I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Remember, this is not something that happens naturally. You cannot sit there and go, okay, I'm going to be meek. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. That's not a natural thing. It's a thing that happens by the Spirit of God. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue me ye in my love. Remember, that's his, his work is being brought to life in you. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide, there's that abiding again, Abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. So just by way of kind of closing this down and putting, I guess you'd say, the capstone on the question, we have to realize that in order to do these works, in order to bear this fruit, in order to be able to be all that you can be for God, number one, you have to be saved. But number two, you have to yield to that divine nature. And just by way of finalization here, I want to give you a quick little thought, and it it revolves around sin. Um, Sin is a separation from God, and that happens in the life of a believer, too. If if we sin, we can't have forgiveness at once. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But this is the problem. Sin keeps us from growing. So what happens in a believer's life, the reason that we can't be meek and we can't be loving and we can't be kind and we can't have the fruit of the Spirit, we cannot on our, uh, in and of ourselves perform a divine work of God. A lot of times it's because we've gotten into sin and we need to confess that sin to God. He'll forgive us and then we can go on and we can be fruitful for the work of Christ. Thank you so much for that question, and we'll move quickly on to question number two. Question number two, I really liked, I really liked question number two, and I hope that I can, I hope that I can do it justice as I try to answer it. This is question number two. What is the best Old Testament scripture reference of Jesus? Wow, that's a good question. I really appreciate that question, and um, I'd like to say first off that to try to answer a question about Jesus in the Old Testament. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some of my favorite verses about Jesus in the Old Testament. Because as we as you deal with the Bible, always remember this. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Jesus Christ is seen throughout the Old Testament. He's seen He's seen as the children come out of Egypt. He is the Passover lamb. He's seen in the tabernacle. He's seen in the temple. He's seen in the book of Jonah. He's seen in the book of Malachi. Jesus is seen throughout the whole Old Testament. 
But I just do want I do want to answer the question and give you some good scripture references of Jesus in the Old Testament. We'll go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number nine, and verse number six. For Isaiah chapter number nine and verse number six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's one of my favorite verses of Jesus in the Old Testament. Why? Because it talks about him being born. It talks about him ruling, but then it also talks about what he's going to be. And he's going to be wonderful. He's going to be a counselor. He's going to be the mighty God. That's, that's the Trinity right there. He is the mighty God. He, he, Jesus is the mighty God. He'll be the everlasting father, and he'll be the prince of peace. Then we'll go over to the book of Zechariah, chapter number 12, and verse number 10. Zechariah chapter number 12 and verse number 10. And I will pour upon him, uh, I'm sorry, and I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. That's talking about Jesus on the cross. And they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. That talks about Jesus dying on the cross. And anytime you think about Jesus in the Old Testament, he's, he's always typed out as a Savior, the suffering Savior. And then the book of Daniel, chapter number 3 and verse number 25. I like this one. This one talks about his conquering power as Jesus in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 25. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. That's when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were cast into that furnace of fire because they wouldn't bow to Nebuchadnezzar's God. He bound them up, and he cast them into that fire, and he was going to burn them up. But he didn't realize that Jesus was already in the fire. And then them three boys got up and started walking around in that fire. And the Bible even goes on to say, and if you got time later, you can read the book of Daniel chapter number three. The Bible even goes on to say later that they came out of the fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. Why? Because he's a, he's a, he's a miraculous, all-powerful God that can do anything he wants whenever he wants. And I always like that verse in the book of Daniel chapter number three. And then we'll go to the book of Isaiah chapter number 53. The book of Isaiah chapter number 53. What is the best Old Testament scripture reference of Jesus? There's so many of them. I'm just going to give you a few of my favorites. The Bible says this, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. This is talking about Jesus. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man. That's the life he lived. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sins of many, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. That's probably one of my favorite verses of Jesus in the Old Testament. Why? Because it talks about him coming to earth and living such a lowly life. He didn't even have a place to lay his head, and him dying on the cross, and how God the Father looked away from him when he was on the cross. Christ was left all alone. And he bore our sins for us so that we could be saved. That's one of the best best Old Testament scripture references of Jesus I can think of. And then I wanted to close out with the book of Psalms chapter number 22. The book of Psalms chapter number 22. Of course, this is going to be one of those Messiah Psalms that talks about Christ dying on the cross. Jesus said this in verse number one, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, I am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of all of the people. And they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths. As a, ra- as a raving and a roaring lion, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a pot sheared, and my tongue cleaveth to, the jaw, to my jaw, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They part my garment among them, and cast lots upon my vesture. That's what he did when he died on the cross. And that cross was not a game. That was a very serious situation. And realize that that was 
that was God's son dying there, but he felt that pain and he felt that pain for me and you. And that's why I believe that's one of the best Old Testament scripture references of Jesus. Now, I want to thank you so much for joining us for our Sharpening the Sword podcast. And if you have any more questions, you can submit those to me by email, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. And I'll put them in order and get them answered as quickly as I can, as quickly as we can here at Biblical Principles. And I want to thank you again for joining us for the podcast. And I pray you'd have a blessed day. Thank you again.